What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to the Going the Distance podcast presented by Immaculate Sports. Twitter's at Immac Sports. Instagram's also at Immac Sports. TikTok, YouTube, Immaculate Sports. It's episode 56, NFL college football as usual. But, Kyle, what do we got as well in the second half? Uh, we got a whole full in-depth MLB postseason preview. It's going to be fun. Uh, right we're going to have somewhat of a little live reaction to the Yankees uh, Red Sox wild card game that's happening today. Uh, is that game starting right now? Right now, actually. So we'll see what's it going is on. There. For that. Yeah. It's going to be kind of weird. Uh, you guys want to get into the opener or do you want, you guys want to do our favorite number 56? I feel like there's not a lot of debate for this one. More LT. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That was, yeah. So that's what I was thinking. And even when I was looking it up, it really, it came up with him and then some hockey player I've never heard of. So there is uh, Mark that. Burley. Uh, that's true. My the first guy that came to my head was a uh, Ruben Foster when he was on the 49ers, but that's a that's kind of a I'm random sure. one. That's a dangerous. Yeah, pick. Yes. I don't even definitely not going to be your favorite one there. Not my favorite, uh, but that in, was the first one that came. <laughs> a good idea. Uh, now let's get into the opener, and my opener is going to be the Oregon Stanford football game. Oregon came into this game as the number three team in the nation, and they went down uh, when they went to the farm in Palo Alto and played against Stanford and Tanner McKee. Uh, McKee played amazingly well for Stanford, three touchdowns, two thirty yards. Uh, he, he let a comeback drive inside of his, his own 10 yard line with less than two minutes left to go to score a touchdown. And then an OT have a touchdown to go win it as well. Uh, running back combo was nice with Nathaniel Pete and Austin Jones as always, uh, bad injury for Bryson Tremaine, uh, wide receiver for Stanford, but Hopefully things are going to heal up for him uh, in the next year or so. But a good win for Stanford. And uh, I guess Stanford's been Oregon's kryptonite whenever they're a top 10 team and they go and play them. So three of the last four times that Oregon's been top 10 and they played Stanford, they went down. So I'll tell that as my opener. The opener is the best thing we saw from the weekend, and it doesn't get much better than the Jets finally <laughs> winning the game. So I'll tie this one in and also a Jet report. At the same time, uh, the Jets win 27-24 in overtime. Randy Bullock makes the kick to avoid the tie. That would have been embarrassing if he made that one. But uh, Russell, not Russell, Zach Wilson, finally looking comfortable. Jamison Crowder's first game back. That's a big reason why. Um, the defense was gnarly, too. You know, uh, on paper, it looks like uh, Tennessee was running all over the Jets, but they were on the field for 75 to 80% of the game. Uh, so only giving him two touchdowns, I'm fine with that. Um, man, Quincy Williams and Quinn and Williams, the two brothers, are crazy. They are crazy. Quincy Williams was smashing the running back in the flat. They couldn't get the passing game going. And Quinn and Williams, sack and a half. John Franklin Myers is going off. And Bryce Hall is looking like a pretty good steal for the fifth round. So uh, I'm proud of my boys. I know we're not doing anything crazy, uh, but it's good to see you guys getting comfortable. When's a win? When is a win? And for me, I'm going away from football. I'm going to basketball. Warriors had their preseason opener yesterday. Not even regular season yet. But Jordan Poole looked more like Steph Curry than Steph Curry did last night. Poole was pulling up from 30 feet. Uh, I believe he had, I want to say, 30 points, five rebounds, five assists, two blocks. Poole was a guy who was criticized early last season as well as his rookie season where he might have been the worst player in the NBA quite literally. But finally coming into his own, 
looking more comfortable behind the line, facilitating the second team unit for the Warriors, and even started that shooting guard last night. So hopefully a big year coming out of JP. Yeah, I think it, once Clay comes back fully healthy, he's a good he's a good candidate for sixth man of the year. Yeah. Mm-hmm. This is a little Jordan Clarkson type. He's definitely beat. got a, you know, a control of the offensive scheme now. Yeah, yes, that's ready sure to go. Sitting behind Steph, that definitely helps you if you're a point guard slash shooting guard in the NBA. Let's get into Immaculate Sports Player of the Week. Uh, I was kind of struggling uh, on who to p- figure out uh, to put these four guys. A lot of team efforts. Because there wasn't a lot of like big uh, like quarterback performances, and that's mm-hmm. what I kind of noticed over this last week. So we went with Trayvon Diggs, who had two interceptions in the Cowboys' big W over the Panthers. We went with Tyreek Hill, who had a monster game against the Eagles, 186 yards and three touchdowns. Debo Samuel, who had eight catches, 156 yards and two touchdowns. Taylor Henneke, the only quarterback on this list, uh, went 23 for 33. 290 yards, three touchdowns, and had a comeback victory against the Falcons. I mean, I know the Falcons aren't the greatest team, but whenever you come back in the NFL game, it's pretty big, and that's who our fans voted for. We had 25 votes, and 52% of the poll went to Taylor Heineke. So congrats to Taylor Heineke. We didn't get the 800 votes that we got last week. No Bills players. Of them. Yeah, no uh, Bills players. The Bills. <laughs> so Bills Mafia was not able to show out, except for they did show out in their game when they destroyed the fuck out of the Texans, 40 to nothing. <sighs> Uh, that's all. That's all I got in the Mac sports play of the week. If you want to vote in it next week, though, make sure you go to our Twitter right before the Monday night game starts. It should be up and, uh, at a max sports. Exactly. So Skyler, you already kind of did your jet report. Do you yeah. have anything yeah, else to say or all right, Chavez. All right. I'll get Four into shows. it with the Niners Niners. I mean, the, I'll, I'll just get to the big news. Trey Lance, Started the second half. Jimmy Garoppolo went down with a, I believe it was quad injury or calf calf injury. Um, somewhere in the second quarter, don't know where, in the loss to the Seahawks. But Trey Lance came in. He didn't look very comfortable passing the ball. I, that was the first thing I noticed. He he did one type of ball. It was the fastball. Um, but his legs were what really stood out to me. He ran for 41 yards on seven attempts in his two quarters of play very strong and athletic in the pocket did not only took one sack, even though the Seattle defense was actually getting to him quite consistently. I mean, that that's the big news for the Niners this week. Uh, there's not much to say about the game, except we didn't capitalize on offense. When we had opportunities. Defense came out very strong, very hot, but in the second half, Russell Wilson started doing Russell Wilson things. Uh, I don't really have much to say about this game, except, you know, hopefully Trey Lance gets started this week and we get to see more of what he can do. And obviously Debo, Debo had a great game, but Kyle mentioned him earlier. I can tell you from experience, the rookie quarterback, it is very scary to watch them, but it's also yes. fun. The Raider Report. Read. Uh it's a little interesting this week. Uh we had our first loss of the season. It was it wasn't a game that I really I'm really too upset about with how bad that we played. The the fact that we even made it a game was kind of intriguing it alone it was a tale of two halves for sure first half was terrible on offense defense didn't play that bad but i don't i really think they mainly just gave up their points because of how shitty the offense was doing and they were just back and forth on the field the whole time uh the biggest play of the first half was hunter renfro learning the hit stick on whoever the fuck that guy was that was trying to catch the ball on the chargers it's pretty cool on a fake punt that was an incredible play by renfro because he came down like 30 40 yards and smacked the dude when he 
He hasn't smacked dudes in the NFL because he plays wide receiver. The second half, uh, third quarter started off great. Uh, got two touchdowns, held the Chargers a couple times, and then they had a big – Chargers had a big fourth down conversion where Denzel Perriman almost punched out the ball on a Jared Cook reception, but he just barely missed the target. Uh, would have been a big play. Would have gave the Raiders the ball back at like the 50-yard line, and who knows what happens from there. But that didn't happen. Cook catches the ball. They get the first down. They go down and score. Uh, Chargers win 28-14, and Carr played all right. Uh, obviously got to start with playing better in the first quarter. I think it's the biggest thing for him. Uh, but I'm very happy uh, with uh, like guys like Henry Ruggs and how he's been playing this year. Already has over half of the amount of yards that he had last year, and seems like he's on his way to a 1,000-yard season, which is good to see. And uh, actually using him is something that, that we've been wanting to do and finally got that done. But we got the Bears next week. No David Montgomery. Who knows if Justin Fields or Andy Dalton's going to play. Uh, but if Andy Dalton plays, I should be should be a good one. It just sucks that game last night was scripted. Hundred <laughs> percent. No. Uh, let's go to who is the best team in the NFL in the moment. Hopping right into where's your head at, Skyler? Who's the best team in the NFL? All right. I still think it's Tampa Bay. I don't think we can count them out yet. Uh, they had a tough game against the Rams who are, you know, also great, but I'm not ready to hand the torch over yet. Uh, Just missed that home run from sorry Stanton for the, the first the delay. Yeah. Stan hit one off the, the monster. single. Oh, wow. <laughs> See not running. Looking wow. at it. All right. But anyways, guys, Buffalo was on fire, um, but it's gotta be Tampa Bay until the Buffalo Kansas city game. Then I think we have a chance to uh, see a little turnover. It's, I'll give you a little tier ranking I have at the teams right now. In tier one, I only have Tampa, Buffalo, Kansas City. Tier two is the Dallas Rams, Cardinals, and Packers. I think there's just there's just, they have good rosters. The teams in tier two, but there's just uh, a little drop off. Maybe they're lacking that veteran or not an elite coach. It's hard to explain, but uh, those three teams are in the running form still. For me, I am going to go with the Buffalo Bills. Going into the season, I had my the Chiefs as my 1A, the Bills as my kind of 1B. I was a big believer in Buffalo, like what they're doing over there. And so far, they've shown me more than the Chiefs have. And for that reason alone, I'm going to have them at number one. I've loved what the Cardinals doing. Their offense has been incredible. And even their defense has been better than most people expected. Tampa Bay is obviously going to be there at the very end, I believe. Still a very good team. But the Bills have blown out, yes, mediocre teams to subpar teams the past two weeks. But... They're putting the hurt on teams. They're getting their job done. And for that reason, they're number, my number one. Yeah, I think I'm going to go with the Bills here as well. Uh, I mean, I think it's it's easy to say at this point that the biggest fluke game that we've seen all year from in, any game in the NFL was the Steelers-Bills game in week one where the Steelers took them down in Buffalo. Because since then, the Bills have literally just destroyed everyone. And I know yeah. they're against mediocre teams. But they're not playing close. They're not playing down to the mediocre team's level. They're just blowing the fuck out of teams. They beat the Dolphins 35-0. They beat the Washington football team 43-21. to And they beat the Texans 40 to nothing. Uh, and they they made life horrendous for Davis Mills. Uh, but that was a crazy blowout. We get to see a great Sunday night game this week with some of the Chiefs. And a sleeper team for best team in the NFL, even though they're not there yet, is the Dallas Cowboys because mm-hmm. they are scary. Trayvon Diggs is already one of the best defensive backs in the NFL at this point. And Dak is is rolling on offense, and so is Zeke, finally. All right. 
So we're going to talk about one more thing before we go to halftime and then get into our whole MLB playoff shebang. And we're going to talk about the four undefeated teams that lost uh, and one to 10, how worried we are for each team. Mm. We'll do the Raiders first. Skyler, what's your thoughts? All right. I'm going to give the Raiders a seven out of 10. I know they're good for the wild card spot. I uh, don't have a problem with that. Um, I just am very concerned about the offensive line and I'm kind of rating this on a level for a playoff run, not like a, will they be able to, you know, stay consistent? Cause I, mm-hmm. I'm sure all these teams can stay consistent this year. Um, but yeah, seven, sorry. Uh, I kind of like that rating for, from Scott. I'm gonna go with the six. I'm gonna go a little bit less concerned because I think the big, I mean, the biggest reason for this loss, I think was, you know, there were, there were some injuries Raiders dealing with some offensive line problems, cornerback problems that started earlier on in the game. But I'm going to go with Skyler, so I'm going to go with, you know, on a playoff scale. That's a very good division. And right now, following that game with the Chargers, I'd probably have to say the Raiders are probably the third best team in that division, uh, which is a little bit worrisome, even though I still think they can easily make a playoff spot, find their way into a wild card, as Skyler said. But the Chargers and obviously Chiefs are legit. And playing those teams four times a year is going to be tough, along with, you know, a couple other games sprinkled in that might cause problems. However, the Raiders did get some big early season victories against tough opponents, which I think helps their chances. The AFC West right now, I think, is clearly the best division in the AFC, that is. I mean, you could I, the Wests in both sides are clearly yeah. the best divisions right now in football. And uh, I think there's probably going to be three playoff teams from this division with how the Steelers have looked. Uh, and then teams like the Colts, it's like how they have looked kind of makes me say that only the division winners are going to make it in that division, except for, I mean, the Browns and the Ravens, that whole fiasco. But, uh, I'm going to base my like rating off of what the expectations were for the team. And that's probably oh, okay. to go with a five. Okay. Just yeah, because they still, they still look good. In my opinion, I think they're still going to be uh 11 to 12 win team. Uh, they have a, Raiders have a decently easy schedule coming up here where they play the bears and they play the Broncos and then they play the Eagles and then they play the giants before they play the chiefs. Uh, so if you are able to go win those games, that worrisome meter is going to go down to a two or three because you're going to be able to sit at seven, one or six and two going into a big chiefs game. And the chiefs have to play the bills this week and the chargers have to play the Browns this week. So you, you might get a game back there. And I like what I've seen from, my Raiders so far, just the cornerbacks, the injuries are, are tough when four out of the five corners go down in one game. Next up is the Rams. All right. With the Rams, I'm going to give them a six. They've had a pretty good start so far, but I've mentioned this a couple times. They haven't had to play from behind, and it wasn't a great strategy from behind against uh, the Cardinals. They abandoned the run game, even though they were running about six, seven yards per carry, and they were just throwing jump balls to Cooper Cup. That's not going to work. He's a rack guy. You know, great player, but that's uh, that's a little worrying. But it's it's not as bad as the Raiders here, just because you know roster wise, you, you got to admit it's it's probably the best roster in football. Um, so six. I'm gonna go with a four for the Rams, just because of how confident I was after seeing the first three games. I think the Arizona Cardinals are a very good team, very good opponent, and yes, while the Rams are in a very competitive. Uh, you know, West division, I still think they're the best team in that division, even following that loss. So I'm going to go with the four. I think the Rams will bounce back. I think McVay won't be playing from behind very often. So I don't think he'll have to worry about that as much as, you know, one might, 
presume, but not a lot of worry about the Rams. So uh, last last time around, when we, I, we were talking about the Raiders. I said that I'm going to base this based off of the team's ex- expectations I had for them going to this year. And so for the Raiders, I mean, like getting into the divisional round is a very successful season for the yes. Raiders. But yeah. for the Rams, it's not successful unless you win the Super Bowl, yeah. in, in my opinion, because that is how good this team is. So I'm going to say an eight or nine because not, I thought the only times the Rams would lose this year would be in very close games when the other team just makes a bigger play than them. And when you get blown out at home against a divisional rival, that's what scares me. If if you're a Rams fan and especially against the Cardinals, because the Cardinals are still, I mean, they're four and oh, but we're very, we, we didn't put them as a top team in the NFL for a reason. And so I'd be a little bit scared right now because if I can't beat the Cardinals and I'm a Rams fan, uh, I'm not too happy with it. Mm-hmm. Next up is the Panthers after their loss to the Cowboys. All right. I'm going to give them a seven. Very similar story to the Raiders here. I feel like just a younger version of it. Um, I like Darnold. He's been great so far. He's done everything he's been asked to do. But again, he hasn't had that game yet where he has to do things that he hasn't done this year since he was at the Jets where he had no help and start fumbling the ball like it's uh, what did I say last time? Like it's Jello. yeah yeah. Uh, yeah. (laughs) they've already had some injuries especially McCaffrey um so yeah it's a it's it's worrying I like what the I'm gonna start with this I like what the Panthers did filling the hole that JC Horn left already with CJ Henderson however looking at I mean no one projected this team to be that good going into this year um mostly because a lot of the guys were unproven we weren't sure what yeah, Kyle did. I'll give him credit for that. And they have looked good. Uh, but we weren't sure, you know, what Darnold was going to be with this team. Uh, you know, whether Robbie Anderson, DJ Moore could produce like they did last year. Whether or not McCaffrey could stay healthy. And, I mean, so far we haven't seen Robbie Anderson be that good. McCaffrey's already hurt. And they lost their first round draft choice. So I'm going to go with a seven just for the fact I don't think this team's going to be able to stay consistent with what they've been doing just because they're so young, so unproven. They haven't been there before. So I don't expect them to be able to win games like they did early in the season, rattle off win streaks. So I, I think they're going to finish around the 500 to just above 500 team, which I think is a good record for this Panthers team. If I were to, you know, sit here and say, what were my expectations at the beginning of the year? Yeah. But I don't think this team will be in the run for a playoff spot to come into the season. I'm going to go with the four as far as being worried because th- this Panthers team, their window isn't here yet. Their window is going to start next year. When Sam Darnold gets a year under his belt with the offense, when their defense gets a year to gel together, when they get more draft picks uh, to even just shore up some of the weaker spots on their team. And they've been playing really, really well, and they've been exceeding expectations so far. So if I'm a Panthers fan, I'm looking at this like we got a young, exciting defense that has a good chance to be one of the top five defenses in the league for years to come. And on offense, Sam Darnold, I mean, could he be the guy in Carolina? I mean, I know Skyler's raising his eyebrows at me right there, but he's played really, really well. I mean, I don't really know if this really proves anything as a quarterback, but he leads the NFL in rushing touchdowns. That is something that, that mm-hmm. it, that's a fact right now. Broken NFL and he's record. He's been well. Yeah. And so I'm going to say four. I don't think this team makes the playoffs. I think they're right on the outside of it just with how good the NFC West is this year. But they could, in this, could sneak into the seventh spot. Who knows? And lastly, the Broncos. Uh, all right. The Broncos, this one's a nine. Nine out of ten. 
Um, you lost Bradley Chubb, arguably your best player. If uh, you don't count Von Miller, if he's too old for you. I like and Justin Simmons. Yeah, that's a good point. That's a good. A couple point. corners over there All too. Right. All right, but but Teddy Bridgewater concussion. Uh, Drew Locke might be starting some games for these guys. The entire receiving core, except for Tim Patrick, is gone. They have only beaten terrible teams. That's very worrisome. <laughs> That's a nine. Yeah. <laughs> um, are you are you good, Scott? Yeah. All right. So I, I'm going to go with the ten, just because one, I, like I said earlier, I'm basing off more playoff than yeah. you know Kyle expectation. Um, the division they're in, and like Scott said, their early season schedule, those first three wins. Uh, we like to call those Mickey Mouse wins because they were <laughs> terrible opponents. Those wins don't show me a lot. And, you know, come face Baltimore, their first legit opponent, in my opinion. Uh, even with Teddy Bridgewater in, they didn't do a crazy amount from what I could tell. I don't know how long he was in, but I mean, they put up seven points. Drew Locke looked like Drew Locke of last year, just not very good. Drew Locke might have a game where he goes off. But most games, he's going to be very inconsistent, throw some bad interceptions, strong arm, but doesn't know what to do with it. The window isn't here yet for the Broncos. They need a quarterback. So long-term, maybe not as worried if they get, you know, if they're able to find a guy, I think that's a very good roster around them. You know, get the receiver healthy. If that team's healthy with the quarterback, good team. But as of this season, I don't trust them against better opponents, and I don't see them do anything later on in the year. I'm going to go with an eight for the Broncos. Uh, personally, my expectations weren't high for them. That's, but that's partially biased because I hate the Broncos. Uh, but everybody around the NFL was saying, this is a good team. This is a team that's going to win 10, 11 games this year because of how good their defense is and how easy their schedule is. And yeah. And how <laughs> average their offense is, I guess. Uh, but when you have Drew Locke as your quarterback, you're not going anywhere. I'm sorry. Uh, I mean, maybe if you're at Mizzou and you're, you're, you're playing college ball, but if you're in the NFL and you're the Denver Broncos led by Drew Locke, you're not going to win a lot of games. You're not going to beat the Steelers defense. Uh, most likely not going to beat the Raiders because uh, I assume their offense will be back and ready to go in two weeks. And after that, I mean, you still have to play two games against the Chiefs. You still have to play two games against the Chargers. And you still have another game against the Raiders. So if you don't go four and two or three and three or five and one in your division, you're not going to make it in, in this in this time. And I think – I think every team in, in, in the AFC West is either going to go three and three or four and two in their division, except for the Broncos. And I think they're going to go two and four. All right. All righty. We go to halftime. So that's going to do it for the, the first half. Let's get to halftime. Now, so why right, did you do go. it? You know, you got the mad fat fluid when you prom. It's halftime. Let's look at the other NFL games that we haven't really talked about so far. Uh, so Thursday night, we had the Bengals uh, being the Jags 24 to 21. Evan McPherson, uh, low-key rookie of the year candidate type guy right now. Uh, two game winners already, and the Bengals improved to three and one. Urban Meyer had a whole weird fiasco that Skyler's kind of going to talk about in a little bit, I believe. Uh, Washington won 34 to 30 over the Falcons. Bills 40 nothing over the Texans. Bears 40 or 24 to 14 uh, over the Lions. And the big story in that game is David Montgomery being out for a few weeks. Cowboys 36 to 28 over the Panthers. Cowboys look legit. Uh, Colts 
17 or 27 17 over the Dolphins. They get their first one of the year. Browns 14 to 7 over the Vikings. Very ugly game for the Browns. Maybe that could be worrisome for them. They have a big game against the Chargers this next week. Giants get their first win in New Orleans 27 21. And we just hit that ball out. Is that Bogarts? Yeah. Sanders. Bogarts. I wanted to make a prop bet of him hitting two, having two hits. in this game, but uh, that's a little live reaction for you. Uh, Giants get the first win in New Orleans, as I just said. Jets get their first win at home against the Titans, like Skyler said. Chiefs uh, get back to 500 after they just score so many points off the Eagles that they can't do anything about it. They win 42 to 30. Cardinals get their biggest win of the year, 4 0 now. Last undefeated team in the NFL, 37 to 20 over the Rams. Seahawks beat the Niners 21 28 or no. Yeah, 28-21. Ravens beat the Broncos 23-7. Packers beat the Steelers 27-17. Big Ben looks done, just like we hinted at last week. Buccaneers and Tom Brady win in his return to New England 17 or 19-17. And then the Chargers beat the Raiders 28-14 on the Monday night game. A game that had a delay in an indoor dome. Don't really understand that still. Uh, Skeller, how about you tell us about the pick standings? All right, so we, for years, have been making our daily NFL picks, weekly NFL picks, actually, on spreadsheets, and we've been keeping track of the standings. I'll just go through it. I'm number one right now, 70%, uh, shortly behind me, five picks behind. Kyle, 63%. Brett and Alex tied at 61%. And Josh has done one week, and he was uh, 12 for 16 this week, so pretty good. We're all pretty close. Both 75 it's a debut yeah. week. It's a good debut week for Josh. It is. Let's see if he's just a young prospect or he goes through a sophomore yeah. slump. Uh, next I'm I, I'm embarrassed to be tied with Alex. I just want to I just want to put that out there. All right, uh, let's uh, get into the Urban Meyer stuff. That's All right, <laughs> I got a little uh, timeline list of the things he's done. Awesome. His time in Jacksonville. Oh, I saw his post. This yeah, it's funny. So <laughs> it's pretty. It's pretty good. So we hired Chris Doyle as the team's director of sports performance. Doyle was accused of making racist comments at Iowa. He immediately resigned. He signed Tim Tebow as a tight end. He drafted a running back in the first round, despite having James Robinson. He openly admitted that he wanted to draft Tony instead of Etienne. He told reporters that they cut players due to vaccine status. He had an open competition between Lawrence and Minshew. Minshew was traded later, but uh, Urban Meyer still said they had split value at the time. He traded away the number nine pick in the drafts. He started 0-4. He didn't travel with the team after their loss to Cincinnati, and there were videos and photos of him with another woman other than his wife after the game. And the owner, Cod, today said he must regain our trust and respect. That's not good. That's bad. Yeah. Definitely not good. That's um, <laughs> Matt Miller tweeted today. Um, How to lose a locker room in 10 days starring Urban Meyer. <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's pretty <laughs> impressive what he's done. I, I like how, uh, I like how he used the excuse of staying behind to visit his grandchildren um, to stay, you know, a couple extra days in Cincinnati when in reality he was, you know, caught on film at the club. 
with a exactly. very close to another woman, not his wife. So. You know, the thing about this is I would already put him on the hot seat just for the I way agree. he's coached this team. Yeah. And now all this other stuff that, you know, even the stuff before I didn't even think about uh-huh. is terrible. The seat is piping hot right now. Mm-hmm. I, I think right. if he loses like two more games, like the next two games, like we we could see him gone already, which mm-hmm. is pretty hard to do as a first year head coach getting fired mid season. Yeah, but I think it's a very realistic oppor- or uh, expectation. Mm-hmm. All right, and David Montgomery, Bears running back, big injury. He's going to be out three to four weeks. I think that's what it was, four to five. Yeah, three, yeah. three to five. Yeah, some, somewhere five. in there. Uh, that's tough for Chicago. It's tough for Justin Fields. He. Uh, didn't play great, but he was starting to get his shit together. You know, I, I could, I get it as a Zach Wilson fan. He found Darnell Mooney. I know that mm-hmm. 125 yards for him. Yeah. All right. You have to uh, find Allen Robinson. But. Allen, yeah. Big fantasy guy. Let's uh, run through some college football real quick. All right. So first game I want to talk about number seven, Cincinnati wins on the road against Notre Dame, 24 to 13. Yep. Big win for Cincy. Desmond yep. Ritter, <laughs> close to 300 yards and two touchdowns. Um, defense was great. Um, backup quarterback for Notre Dame, that's that's tough. Maybe if Jack Cohn was playing, we'd have a different story here. But doesn't matter. You know, in the eyes of the, the press, Cincinnati, great win. The next game, it's Alabama, Ole Miss. Number one, Alabama, of course. They destroyed Ole Miss. 42-21. Um, to 21. Brian Robinson, four touchdowns. That's the Najee replacement. He's been in the wings, learning how to be a receiving back. Maybe he'll uh, have a draft stock like Jacobs did. Perhaps. That's interesting. Ooh. But it's – yeah. Um, Jalen Smith was just released. Cowboys linebacker, Per Schechter. Yeah, he, he's been really bad. Wow. See what happens with that. Yeah. He was good a couple of years ago. Well, he, <laughs> he was really he was. good. Yeah. He was great. Yeah. Uh, I, I heard a couple rumors about this, about how he, you know, wasn't starting the past couple of weeks or getting any snaps. It, it, it's just tough. I mean, shit. I, Robert Sala, go get this man for uh, find league minimum. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. All right. But uh, anyways, with, with Ole Miss, you know, Matt Corral, it wasn't pretty, but you can't blame Matt Corral for this loss. Uh, the defense gave him no help at all. And Matt Corral, no turnovers yet this year either. No fumbles or picks, which is... It's not bad for him as an NFL prospect. Mm-hmm. All right. Definitely. Next game, it was Oklahoma State's at home against number 21 Baylor. Oklahoma State ranked 19. And the Cowboys won it 24 to 14. Nothing really crazy about this game. Um, their running back, Jalen Warren, had a pretty good game over 100 yards. Spencer Saunders threw three picks, Oklahoma State quarterback. And Oklahoma State's undefeated. And they're moving up in the polls. Uh, we'll have those for you in about five minutes. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, but um, I don't trust this team. They're in the Big 12. It's the Power Five. They're undefeated. That's why they're ranked this high. And the last game, Kentucky and Florida. <laughs> Kentucky unranked takes down number ten Florida, twenty to thirteen. Um, man, I don't really have anything good to say about Kentucky. You know, they play good defense. They ran the ball. That's what you're supposed to do in the SEC. Emory Jones for Florida, I guess, is not the answer. And that eliminated their playoff hopes right there. Yeah. All right. Talk about the Heisman watch here. One of my favorite things to talk about every week. We'll start off with number five, Desmond Ritter bumped up. Oh, yeah. Um, Nothing crazy this year, uh, statistically overall, 
but they're undefeated. Got nine <laughs> touchdowns, two picks only. And he's an NFL guy, you know, so everyone's going to watch him. He's going to get some votes. All right. <laughs> I know Love kind of a week, week one, but uh, we'll move on to number four, Kenneth Walker back up in the rankings, the Michigan state running back another big week, multiple touchdowns over 130 yards. Um, this is it's pretty much the Bijan versus Kenneth Walker right now for the Doak Walker award. Mm-hmm. And uh, we'll I'm get sure. there with, with Bijan right here. The Texas running back gets the three spot. Um, he's been, it's safe to say an animal this year, <laughs> rushing and receiving for Texas. Try to pull up some of the stats for you. Sorry. It's Texas now re-ranked uh, 652 rushing yards, seven touchdowns. That's uh that's up there. I believe that's second. And, <laughs> I think so, yeah. Uh, uh, behind Kenneth, but uh, he's got the touchdowns over Kenneth. So that's pretty big. And mm-hmm. for the two spot, I have Matt Corral still. I'm not going to drop him. It was a rough game, but it was at Alabama, and he didn't turn the ball over. I think that's fair, fair to me. He's still been one of the most electric players in the league. And the number one spot, it's going to stay with Bryce Young, the Alabama quarterback. Uh, like I've been saying, I think this is his award to lose it seems like that way in the media too which is uh interesting because you know he's been my top guy every week so far mm-hmm. um we gotta see yeah i think the biggest thing thing here uh with the rankings this week is i know scholars one and two didn't change but the gap in between one and two yes. changed quite a bit with uh, how that game went i know we kind of all expected uh Ole Miss not win that game but I mean, maybe if it was like a close game at all, it would have been a little bit better for for Matt Corral's mm-hmm. rankings, and it would have taken probably a win to, to go above uh, Bryce Young, unless he threw like five picks against a very shitty uh, Ole Miss defense. Yes, that is true. Now on to yeah. the AP top twenty-five. New rankings mm-hmm. came out on Monday, and we had San Diego State at twenty-five, uh, going away from being unranked, and then Unworthed. SMU, uh, who was also unranked at twenty-four. NC State at 23, they stay in the same spot. Uh, Arizona State to 22 from unranked. Texas to 21 from unranked. Getting ready for the Red River Red River game uh, this Saturday. Should be a fun one to watch. That always is fun. Uh, 20 is Florida. They dropped 10 spots after their, their loss, obviously. Uh, Wake Forest to 19. Auburn to 18. Ole Miss down to 17 after the loss to Bama. Kind of harsh, but... I guess that's how it is. Kentucky stays at 16. Coastal Carolina up to 15. Notre Dame after the loss to Cincy goes to 14. Arkansas gets destroyed by Georgia. They're 13. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Oklahoma State up seven spots to 12. Michigan State up six spots to 11. BYU up three spots to 10. Michigan up five spots to number nine. Oregon down five spots to number eight. Ohio State up four spots to number seven. Oklahoma stays the same at six. Cincy up two spots to five. Penn State stays at four. Iowa jumps Penn State and goes to three. And we have a big game coming up with Mm -hmm. Iowa and Penn State this weekend. And then one and two stay the same with Georgia at number two and Bama at number one. And those teams right now look like easily the two best teams in college football. And yeah. Georgia's defense, honestly, they could probably hold the Texans to, to maybe 25 points at this point right now. Mm. 
I think uh, we're going to see pretty much the only difference here is after the conference championship games, we'll see either one of the top teams drop, you know, one of the big 10 teams or mm-hmm. a resurgence from a Pac-12 team, maybe probably less likely, but, or, a, or a big 12, you know, if Oklahoma loses, they yeah. shouldn't be there. They shouldn't. Yeah. I'd like to see Sensei make the playoff just, yeah. just to have Desmond Ritter play against a very good defense. Uh, I, don't, I don't know, maybe not Georgia because Georgia I'd, I'd be scared for anyone. But mm-hmm. I don't know. Put them up against Bama or something. I feel like the Bama defense <laughs> is good, but not. It's not Georgia level. It, it just is. Uh, okay. Georgia level is something else. All right. You ready for the second half and yeah. the full in depth MLB playoffs preview? We're started off with the AL wild card game. Uh, our predictions are kind of going to be weird right now, just because yeah. it's two nothing in the second inning uh, on the Red Sox side right now. What do we see that's going to happen in this game? Uh, so I went with the Yankees. So I'm hoping for the comeback here. And this is because 10 days ago, we saw this matchup. Okay. We saw Cole at Evaldi and the Yankees knocked out Evaldi in the third inning with seven runs. Right now, Evaldi is dealing. Yeah. So that's not going to happen. Uh, but I still have hope for the Yankees. Uh, Boston bullpen maybe jokes a little bit. Garrett Richards uh, goes back to his uh, Angels days. Maybe. Mm-hmm. All right. So, but I'm going to stick with the Yankees. I feel like I pick them before the game. I can't change now. Right before the game, I was thinking Yankees. And then I, I, for some reason, I had this, you know, Garrett Cole has never been great in big games that I can remember. You know, I know there's a couple of primetime games he wasn't great in. Uh, I know he won the World Series with the Astros, but I never remember him being that great in, you know, big games. So I kind of had this as almost a 50 50 on the pitching matchup going into this game. Still slight advantage, Cole, but the Red Sox lineup has been a little bit better in the past couple of days. Yankees, they've got their win, but the Red Sox have been putting up runs against Nationals. So I want the Red Sox to win this game. Trust the lineup. Bogarts already has a two-run bomb, currently up 2 nothing. So I'm going to stick with the Red Sox, obviously. Hope that they're winning, but I had the Red Sox winning this game very close fashion, though. This game... I was very, it was a toss up for me going into it. And I just decided to pick the home team, pick Boston. I mean, if it, this game was in New York, I would have picked New York because of just how hostile it is to play there. Mm-hmm. But I'll go with Boston in this one. And right now it's looking good. On to mm-hmm. the NL wild card where it is very, very weird. We're going to see no Max Muncy, most likely for the rest of the postseason, no matter how long the Dodgers go in it with how whatever happened is the collision uh and then kershaw probably out at least until the nlcs if they make it that far and they're playing against the cardinals who are throwing wayno on the hill and the cardinals have been the best team in baseball Mm. in september that's that's not up for debate they have been the best so what are you guys thoughts for this one i really wanted to pick st louis it's a great story they're like you said probably the hottest team in baseball but Max Scherzer has probably been the hottest pitcher in baseball. Um, Wayno, man, this is going to be a, <laughs> this is going to be a fun one. This is, I, I kind of lost my uh, my statistic approach here. I'm uh, just excited for this game. You know, I, I got my thoughts back here. You know, uh, not a lot of teams have been uh, crazy about the Dodgers the past couple. I would say maybe a month, just because of how great the Giants were. And how the Dodgers didn't gain anything. But they also didn't lose anything. They didn't lose any games on the Giants. Uh, they've been right there. So they're they're going to be just fine, I think. Uh, yeah, about like the Dodgers, like they, 
I forget exactly what the record was um, post Scherzer Trey Turner trade, mm. but it was a record that only like a few teams had done in the past, like, you know, 10 years. And yet they only picked up one game on the Giants. So their success kind of went a little bit unnoticed, just overshadowed by how good the Giants have been as well. But the Cardinals are a scary matchup right now, obviously, like Kel said, best team in baseball over the past month. With that being said, I'm not betting on the Dodgers. I'm betting on Max Scherzer. I think Max Scherzer, as good as Wainwright has been, is clearly the better pitcher in this matchup, has pitched in big games before and had good success. And I think, you know, they nicknamed him Mad Max for a reason. I think he's going to go out there pissed. I think he's going to shove. I think the Dodgers are going to be able to give him enough run support, even without Muncie. Who knows? Maybe a pool start against his former Cardinals might be nice. So give me the Dodgers in that one. Yeah. It, it seems very weird to say that a team is the world series favorite and that one 106 games is underrated in a way, uh, mm-hmm. just because of how good the giants have been this year. And I think the underrated part doesn't have to do any part with the Dodgers. It just has to do with how good the giants have been and how, I mean, they're also very underrated still because uh, people don't think that they're going to win it all when they beat everybody the whole damn year. So I'm going to go with the Dodgers here. Uh, I wanted to go with the Cardinals. I think it'd be very fun to see Wayno and Yachty and have that whole combo do really well. And Tyler O'Neill is becoming one of my favorite players to go watch in baseball nowadays just because of how, uh, I want to say like bouncy he is, I guess. He's very like, he's I don't energy. know, he's, he's emotional. And, and that mm-hmm. Cardinals team is very emotional. And they, they, they have a lot of fun playing baseball. But I think that fun's going to end uh, tomorrow afternoon when they go against the Dodgers in L.A. On to a couple NLDS and ALDS matchups that are already set. The two division winners, uh, AL West and the AL Central. The White Sox are starting the series in Houston. How do we feel about that one, Skyler? This is going to be a good series. Um, I'm going to go with Houston. I think they have the hotter lineup. I know Chicago's got some guys back, uh, but they're just not, they're not in the flow of it yet. And we saw this last year. With the White Sox, when some guys came back, they uh, they just didn't have the the fire that they have on paper. You know, obviously Houston had some big pickups for the bullpen too. Um, I think this should go to five, but Houston's got game five at home, so I'm going with Houston. I'm looking. I know the White Sox rotation, at least the back end, but hasn't been quite as good as people thought. You know, Keiko's struggled all year. I don't even know if he'll be in the post. I don't have their postseason rotation off the top of my head, but I still like the White Sox rotation more than the Astros. And I think starting pitching is one of, if not the biggest thing come postseason play that maybe really pitching is, you know, Trump's hitting in my opinion, just because, you know, the adrenaline you can get as a pitcher, the way you can carry a team, but I'm going to take the White Sox. I had the White Sox early in the year as my world series pick out of the American league. And I'm going to stick with that later on, but I'm going to take White Sox. I think we'll go to five. I think it'll be a good series. The postseason, you know, pedigree of the Astros, their experience is going to help and it's going to, you know, play in their favor. But I think overall the White Sox just have more talent. Liam Hendricks back in the bullpen. I'm taking the White Sox to get it done. I know the Astros cheated. I know I hate the Astros yeah. so much, but this team is built for the postseason. They have so many guys that have just been there over and over and over again. And whether you're cheating or not, experience is experience. And a lot of these young White Sox players, they don't have any experience. Tim Anderson doesn't have much. Uh, Jose Abreu doesn't have much. I mean, you can sure you can count the 2020 playoffs, but those – 
I mean, still have an asterisk at it on it because there is no fans in. They don't really feel the environment of how big those games really are. Louis Bob never felt it. Eloy Jimenez never felt it. Lance Lynn has maybe felt it a couple times in his career. Uh, I'm blanking on it. Lucas Gilito hasn't felt it. Carlos Rondon hasn't felt it. Liam Hendricks has felt big games. So, I we mean, don't talk about that, though. Yeah, we're not going to talk about that one. Uh, so I got to go with Houston. I just think the experience is so big for me uh, when it comes down to this series. Houston might not have the better team. They might not have – they definitely don't have the better fan base. But I am going to go with Houston in four. On to the NL side where we have the central winning Milwaukee Brewers up against the NL East somehow winning team, that Atlanta Braves, a team that we all talked about from April to July on why this team sucks, why have they not done anything. Then the best player, Ronald Acuna, gets hurt and they go off somehow. I don't know how that works. They make some great uh, trade deadline acquisitions is Jorge Soler and Jock Peterson and Richard Rodriguez. How do we see this series going? Atlanta's got the top RBI guys in the league, in the National League right now at least. But you can't drive those guys in if you don't get on base. And that's what the Brewers do. They limit base runners. Um, no Devin Williams is tough, but that's not going to hurt him in the series. That'll be the long run. And uh, we'll get into that a little later, but I've got to take the Brewers. Like I said, with the previous series, I like starting pitching come postseason time. I don't think anyone has, you know, a better top three than the Brewers. And, you know, the Braves line up, like Skyler said, three of the top RBI guys. But the Brewers have three of the top ERA guys. I expect those guys to go out there and shove it in a five-game series. The Brewers don't need to give them a bunch of run support. They haven't really given them a ton of run support all year. But I think they'll be able to get enough against, you know, really what is a mediocre Braves rotation at this point, maybe slightly above average, but I'm taking the starting pitching in Milwaukee. This series excites me so much. I've been looking forward to the series ever since that we kind of saw that both these teams are going to make the playoffs and they weren't going to be the the number one seed, seed, obviously with how good the giants have been. And this Brewers pitching man is so good. And you're not, I mean, just getting one game against Corbin Burns, Brandon Woodruff, and Freddie Peralta is hard enough, but you have to get two out of those three pretty much or else you're kind of just down and out at that point. And that's why I'm going to go with the Brewers. Uh, I like the experience on both sides of this team. I think Willie Ademaze is going to be playing a big factor in this series. Uh, one of the most underrated pickups mm-hmm. uh, of the season with how good he has been as a shortstop for the Brewers. I say, I say Brewers in five, but this is going to be – a very, very good series, and I can almost guarantee you it, it goes four or five at least. On to one of the unknown series is uh, the NL wildcard winner, whether it's the Dodgers, whether it's the Cardinals, up against the San Francisco Giants. How, how, do, how do we see this going? Yeah, I uh, the Dodgers win in the first round, like all of us, right? Yeah, I think, um, yeah, yeah. The Dodgers are going to get their revenge. They've been in the shadow all, you know, not the media shadow, but in the standing shadow all year. And what they've had to do over the past couple of weeks has been great. Coming back from games, you know, the uh, four homers in a row. And it's going to be very close and it's going to be tough, but the Dodgers are going to get their payback and win the series. I'm behind the obvious Yankees, Red Sox, I really Giants-Dodgers might be the best fan rivalry in all of sports. 
I'm not sports uh, and all of baseball, excuse me. And I think this is the matchup. This is the matchup I'm most looking forward to if it does happen, if the Dodgers are able to beat the Cardinals, because this might be the two best teams in the MLB. And we're seeing them, you know, in the first full round of playoffs. Mm. Uh, with that being said, I'm taking the Dodgers. I trust their pitching a little bit more when it comes down to it. I think their pitching has a little more postseason experience. The Giants rotation has been amazing. Don't get me wrong. Logan Webb, Descafani, Wood, uh, Gosman was amazing early in the year. All have been, you know, blown everyone's expectations. But a lot of these Dodger guys have been there. They've done that as long as, as well as the lineup. A lot of these Giants guys, with the exception of Posey, Crawford, Belt, some of the guys who were there from, you know, the three-peat, a lot of these guys have never seen postseason play, which I think is a big factor in this. So I'm going to take the Dodgers if that is the series that comes up. Uh, if it's the Cardinals that wins, give me the Giants. This The only shitty thing about a Giants-Dodgers NLDS is that it's going to be a best out of five games. We yeah. all wish that we could have seen this, this series somehow be a seven-game series or even the World Series, even though that's obviously not going to be possible. And if it's a Giants-Dodgers, I'm betting on the Giants because they have done nothing but have proven me wrong when I've gone against them this year. They just win. That's all this team does. Uh, they're the best team in baseball for a reason. They have one of the best bullpens in baseball. Uh, the rotation is outstanding. I think Descalfani, Logan Webb, and Kevin Gosman are all going to shove it this series. Uh, Dodgers are amazing. Don't get me wrong. But, I mean, the, both these teams have great experience once it comes down to it. And when you have your leaders in Buster Posey, Brandon Crawford, Evan Longoria, Chris Bryant, all, all those guys have an experience the biggest moments in baseball over the last 10 years it's tough to go against it and so i'm gonna go with the giants in five i think this is going to be one of those instant classic series where we're gonna hear the call of how the giants won it over and over for years to come we're gonna see it on mlb network 20 years exactly for the top top plays <laughs> of the play decade here. or century once it once it hits 2099 <laughs> On to the other unknown series where the air all wildcard winner, whether it be the Red Sox or the Yankees, go up against the Toronto, not the Toronto Blue Jays, the Tampa Wish. Bay Rays. <laughs> uh, maybe the Blue Jays will be in next year. Sorry. Uh, but how do we see this series going? All right. I have the Yankees coming back and winning this one tonight, um, but it's going to be no problem for Tampa Bay. Uh, very young team. A lot of young guys, the young guys have stepped up, but also surprisingly, the young guys do have the experience. Some of them, at least I say most of them other than, uh, you know, Baz and Franco, but, uh, the Rays are hot. Yankees are not another exciting one, but, uh, I gotta go. I gotta go with Tampa Bay. Been here before, man. Yeah, that's true. Uh, unlike the Giants-Dodgers series where it depend depended who won the wildcard game, who had winning that series, this one, it doesn't matter to me. I got the Rays, and I think the Rays will get it done in three or four, no matter who they play. I, I'm not, to be completely honest, I still don't know why the Rays are so good, but they, they are. They're, they've been the best team in the American League this year. They were the best team in the American League last year, and I still can't quite pinpoint you know what exactly they do so well. I mean, obviously, their bullpen, they have great bullpen arms. Uh, Kevin Cash, I think, is maybe the best manager in the MLB if I had to, you know, cast my vote. But like Skyler said, they got some experience with the young guys in that World Series run last year. The arms are going to do good, especially in that back end. They'll probably go to those back end guys they have earlier. They so many arms. <laughs> and, you know, the lineup is deep. They have platoons everywhere. 
There's not really a weak spot in the lineup. There's not a lot of stars on this team, but it doesn't matter. Give me the Rays over whoever they play, Red Sox or Yankees. Yeah, I really don't think it matters whoever wins this wild card game because the Rays are going to win it in three. Uh, the Rays are just that good. And uh, Bro was saying that they don't have star pl- star power, but I think the star of this whole series, if these two teams line up, whoever it is, the Red Sox or the Yankees, the best player in the whole series is Wander Franco. Wander Franco is just that good. And the fact that he is, all, I mean, just nine months older than me is absolutely insane. And he is, I think he's already one of the top 25 best players in baseball with how mature his bat is at such a young age. He's going to be a bat like Juan Soto that might even be a better fielder and a better base runner and all, all this stuff than Juan Soto will come a couple years. But the Braves are so good. They do everything right. And that's why I think they win this series in three. Mm-hmm. So we have our NLCS, uh, not prediction set up, but our like series set up right now. Let's get into the NLCS together. You first. All right. My mashup is the Dodgers against the Brewers. And this is where the Devin Williams injury comes into play. The Milwaukee's going to have to play from behind. You know, similar story uh, with Tampa. The arms are going to be in early, um, but it's not going to be enough to stop the Dodgers. Man, that's there's so talk about firepower. This there's there's too much to handle here for the Dodgers. They're going moving on to the World Series. I just think the Dodgers are better, pretty much top to bottom, except maybe the rotation. But I mean, if Kershaw is back for this, then you can even argue that uh, Brewers rotation versus Dodgers rotation that will be that will be the matchup I look forward to if this is a series because I have the same matchup as Skyler. I got Dodgers Brewers. But the Dodgers lineup just better from the Brewers top to bottom. Yelich, you know, hasn't been the Yelich of his MVP caliber season. They don't got guys like the Dodgers do at every position. So the hitting, the lineup of the Dodgers will be the difference in this one, along with, you know, the loss of Devin Williams. But I don't got much to say on that one. I have a Brewers, Giants, NLCS, and this series is going to be a fun one. Uh, and I think the Brewers out of any team in the NL were the team that kind of handled the the Giants the best. They just mm-hmm. understood how to play them and they would have swept them in San Francisco if it wasn't for Devin Williams allowing four or five runs in an inning and blowing that game for them. And so even though Devin, I mean, realistically, Devin Williams' loss is huge. I think the Brewers win it in six, seven games. The Brewers are my team in this postseason. They're very fun to watch. And the team I'm going to be rooting for, Giants, with that being said, I would not be shocked if they just somehow just win this in four games or, or do something crazy like that because they shock us the whole year. And that's what the Giants do. But with that being said, I have the Brewers in six. On to the ALCS. All right, my ALCS. See Astros in the race. This is, other than the Giants and Dodgers series, probably the closest in the hypothetical series, in my opinion, that we've gotten here. I hate to do this, but Houston's had Tampa Bay's number this year in the regular season. The Stanek, Graveman, Presley, back three, is pretty unstoppable. And like Kyle said, man, it sucks to see it, but this team is built for this situation. 
And uh, no matter who Tampa Bay throws out there, Houston's going to get hot. And I have them winning this series. Uh, I, I said earlier, I had the White Sox as my, you know, World Series early season. The more I think about it, looking at my hypothetical matchup, I think that's stupid. <laughs> so I'm going to switch. And I'm going to go with the Rays because I just think the Rays are the best team in the American League. Like I said earlier, I can't really pinpoint it like to my exact reason why. They just are. Uh, Kyle was right about Wander Samuel Franco. Absolute stud already. Going to be one of the best players in Major League Baseball for a year to come. But the Rays are just built for this. This The Rays, you know, their bullpen's built for this. Manor is built for this, like I said earlier. I have no reason as to why the White Sox should win this series. So having them was stupid. So I'm switching. Don't a curveball in. Give me the Rays. Right. So I, too, have a, a – uh, ALCS of last year's rematch with the Rays and the Astros. I don't think it's going to take seven years or not seven years, uh, seven games for the Rays <laughs> to win this one. I think I it's going to be six. Uh, this series is going to be super, super fun though. Uh, Cause two teams are, that are built like, I mean, even though they're two great teams, they have very different like styles of how their teams are put together with, uh, I mean, the, the Astros have these home run hitters. They have the same guys play. 160 games at five or six different positions. And they only really platoon two different spots. And then the race, I mean, you might not see the same lineup two times in 162 games with how, how much they switch guys in and out hard throwing lefty uh, soft on right hand or whatever it may be. And I think the Rays are just better. I think that's just how it is. And, and the Rays, I don't know how as everybody said pretty much, we don't know how they, but they just are. And so we are going to see the Braves again in the World Series. And now let's get to those World Series predictions. All right. And just to, to reiterate, this is not what I want to happen. This is just <laughs> what I, I feel is very likely to happen. I got the Dodgers-Astros rematch. Uh, the, re, the revenge game here. I think it's clear if this happens, the Dodgers will win this one in four or five games. Um, I'll be rooting for Milwaukee like Kyle. Uh, I also like the Cardinal story. That's a cool one. Kind of hope they yeah. win, even though I didn't pick them. Uh, but it's in this scenario, Dodgers win it easily back to back. Like I said, I put the race. So I also have a rematch, except mine is Rays Dodgers, not Astros Dodgers. Yeah. And the Rays will not be getting revenge. Uh, Dodgers, they're the wildcard team, but they're still my favorite for the World Series. Kind of weird how that works. But pitching, lineup, Dodgers have it all. Month. He might be back, who's really been the Dodgers' best hitter all year. Trey Turner, the addition of Trey Turner and Max Scherzer, that put the Dodgers over the top come postseason time for me. I will be Dodgers in six. However, if it's me personally, I know I'm a fan, but I would like mm. to see the Giants win. Brandon Crawford, Foothill guy. I mean, the Guys thing about the Ace Giants, we haven't been rivals since 1989. Nah. You know, there's yeah, no, I mean, the only reason to hate them is because you don't like them every year. They're yeah, close. Play them. They're. Yeah, they ruin our bets. Yeah, but <laughs> for for me, the Giants have just been so easy and accessible to follow. You know, we kind of get to hear the stories on like local radio, whatever. There's got there's mm-hmm. likable guys in that clubhouse. Buster Posey, he's a guy you can't hate. So if it was talking about a matchup, I would like to see. I'd like to see Giants White Sox. I think the White Sox have a very young, exciting team. Liam Hendricks, one of my favorite players, former A. But I would love to see the Giants win a World Series this year. No matter how annoying friends might be about it, I think it would be cool to see in the Bay Area. 
Yeah, it's true. Uh, too bad I don't have the Giants or the White Sox in my World Series yeah. prediction as I have a Brewers, Rays, World Series. And this one is just where I kept on going back and forth on who's going to win this one. But then again, it always just comes back to the Rays and how good the Rays are and how good they are at having the ability to not slump. And they don't get into a point where they lose a lot of games in a row just because they do so many things well. As Schwarber hits a moonshot to right and the Red Sox are up three to nothing. It's kind of like a Castellanos, Castellanos to left call uh, mm. there. But <laughs> I have the Rays winning the World Series in six. And I'm sorry to these Red Sox fans. Uh, that are going to be playing the Rays in the ALDS. You guys are going home in three. Uh, and then whoever plays the Rays in the ALCS, you're going home very quickly. And the Rays are going to take care of the Brewers in six and become World Series champions for the first time in their existence. Any other notes that we have? I got it's going to be fun. Yeah. yeah. Uh, World Series MVP pick, pick quickly. Why not? Trey Turner. So Max Scherzer. Wonder that, that would be the other one. Yeah. <laughs> Wonder, I would love to see Wander Franco. Do you know if that'd uh, be so cool? Him and Soto would have this exact same story, bro. Yeah. 20 year old, they win a World Series. Do you know if there's any games scheduled uh for November? Oh uh, not sure. So we could I'm have sure. uh, another Mr. November. Yeah, I'd assume probably there is just with how long the postseason takes usually. But let's yeah. get into our layups, get our bowl predictions, and let's get out of here. Uh, so last week, I had a rough week. Uh, I picked the Titans to cover. I, at that point, obviously didn't know A.J. Brown and Julio Jones were going to yeah. be out. So that was kind of tough, and I took the L there. Never Skyler played against had, the Jets. Skyler had the Buccaneers minus six and a half versus New England. New England played Whatever. that game really, really close. I don't know if yeah. it was Brady being bad or New England being good. But it was only a two-point game. Or, yeah, two-point game. And then uh, Brett had the Browns covering one and a half versus Vikings. So I'm kind of shocked how close that line was. Same. But that covered. Uh, this week, I had Detroit plus seven versus Minnesota. I think that's going to be a pretty close game. Uh, I think they're kind of overrating the fact of how bad they think the the Lions are. I think the Lions play decently well in this game and keep it close and lose by a field goal. All right. I'm going with the Titans minus four at Jacksonville. It might be stupid to bet for the Titans here, but Can't they should have the guys coming back. Tannehill's going to be pissed off. Derrick Henry's going to be even more pissed off. And Jacksonville's going through some serious shit right now. Yeah. And Derrick Henry versus Jacksonville bet yeah. the over on his rushing yards, yeah. even if it's 150. I got Green Bay three-point favorites to cover versus the Bengals. Another one where I was kind of surprised how small it was. I know the Bengals have been good, but Green Bay, uh, following that week one loss to New Orleans where they got absolutely blown out, have taken care of business each and every week. I see no reason why Green Bay shouldn't, you know, handle this one's ease against Cincinnati. I think that one is going to be fun, though. With Joey Burrow's uh, hot right now. Just being the hot hand. Team. Uh, we'll see how that goes, though. And then bull predictions. We all got them wrong, unfortunately. I had Carolina over Dallas. That did not happen. Obviously, Dallas is legit. Skyler had Maryland over number five, Iowa. And I'm pretty sure Maryland <laughs> got killed. There's a dude on Maryland who literally bent his leg backwards, which was yeah. disgusting. Uh, and then Brett had the Lions over the Bears. Uh, very ugly game for the Lions. Uh, you could call this Jared Goff interception fumble, the dick pick, whatever it was, because the ball was snapped off of his 
uh, penile area, <laughs> as Skyler would say. Region. Popped into uh, the Bears defender. Actually, pretty good play by the Bears defender to just like pick the ball up out of nowhere when the ball's never really there. But on to this week, I have Buffalo beating Kansas City in the Sunday night game. That's going to be super fun to watch. On to Skyler. All right. I'm going with the Longhorns over Oklahoma. I don't trust Spencer Rattler at all. Don't really trust Texas, but uh, Oklahoma doesn't have Bijan Robinson going with Texas. This this one kind of sucks for me because I know one I have friends who are Raider fans, but I, I also don't hate the Raiders, and it's a team I like. But I have Chicago beating Vegas just for the simple fact that the Khalil Mack I, revenge. Game. I don't know how many corners the Raiders are going to have, and I think. You know, the combination of Mooney, Robinson, that could be – those are two guys who could take advantage of some bad matchups. I expect it to, I expect it to be a higher-scoring game than people think. I don't think the Raiders' offense gets stifled two weeks in a row, but I don't see the Raiders getting a lot of stops against Justin Fields, who I expect to have his first legit good game this week against, you know, kind of a battered Raiders defense. I think it will be a close game, but I'm going to take Chicago to upset Vegas. Any thoughts? Ain't gonna happen. All right, here. on to our favorite game. What about Alex's bold prediction? Oh, that's a crazy one. Go ahead, Brett. Uh, he says James Connors going to score three touchdowns versus SF. It's a hundred dollar bet with Brett. I don't know if that's legit. Three hundred dollars. Uh, but it seems like a very free hundred dollars. But I mean, somehow if James Conner does it, <laughs> said deal to him. Uh, yeah, I don't know. I All have right. no fucking proof of any of this <laughs> shit. Uh, let's go to favorite game, uh, which is kind of a last minute thing. So I don't know if the guys have one prepared, but I said the Giants on LDS. Uh, hopefully that's against the Dodgers. If not, if it's against the Cardinals and I'll go with Milwaukee, Atlanta. All right. I'm going with Buffalo, Kansas city might be a lazy pick here, but I think the winner of this game will, I know power rankings don't mean that much, but at least in my eyes, it'll determine who the best team in the uh, AFC is. Uh, you guys both took my thunder. So I'll yeah. just say I, I like both <laughs> those matchups. You know, I, I want to see the Giants Dodgers think that will be the best series of the postseason as far as storyline uh, and just good baseball, good baseball teams. And my two top teams in the NFL are, you know, Buffalo one chiefs two. So seeing those guys go head to head on a Sunday night, couldn't ask for much more out of the game. Yeah. Garrett Cole gets taken out after two plus innings. They're down three, nothing. Not a big game pitcher. <laughs> Damn man. That's kind of crazy. The rivalry on the AO wildcard game. It's still somehow on go watch the fucking game. I don't know why you're listening to us when that game's going on, but uh, yeah, it's been a fun one. Uh, Twitter's out of max sports episode 56. Twitter's out of max sports. Instagram is also out of max sports, YouTube and TikTok. At Immaculate Sports, go check them out. Turn on post notifications, especially on Twitter because we're posting on there a lot. We'll be active and then we'll be postseason active on Thursday night football, uh, Sunday football, Monday night football, maybe more active now on college football Saturdays in December. Who knows? Uh, (laughs) but turn on notifications because we got some fun stuff on there. All right, so 56. We'll see you guys next week. Go Jets, deuces.